for every child, brought to you by UNICEF New Zealand. You're listening to For Every Child, UNICEF New Zealand's radio program which delves into issues facing children in Aotearoa and around the world. So welcome, I'm Nicholas Dale, and we're bringing this program to you from the Paramount Cinema in Wellington, where UNICEF has screened Sleeping Rough, a documentary about homeless youth in New Zealand. Now, homelessness is on the rise right here in New Zealand, and you might have noticed more people in dire circumstances lately. And you're not imagining it. Otago University recently looked into seven years between 2006 and 2013, and they found that while New Zealand's population grew 4.8%, the amount of people who were homeless increased 25%. You heard that right, 25%. So that's one in a hundred people in this country sleeping in their cars, on relatives' couches, in motels, campgrounds, and on the street. And that number doesn't begin to include people who are seeking out night shelters. So, while homelessness, homelessness may or may not have been an intrinsic part of our culture in New Zealand, it certainly seems to be becoming that way now, and it really shouldn't be ignored. In a moment, we'll take you into a discussion led by UNICEF New Zealand's child advocate, Dr. Prudence Stone, about how we can rise to the challenges in addressing this important issue. But first, let's hear a clip from Sleeping Rough. I'm only out on the streets, hey, because my mum was mental. We had arguments, she stabbed me. What, did yeah. you go to the hospital? Like, nah, uh-huh. I just let it paint. This one's tough. <laughs> we don't like no hospitals. You look tough. I don't like she hospitals, mate. <laughs> They scare me out. That's the only thing I'm scared of, eh, is hospitals. That's where people die. They don't like going to hospitals. They're not told how to get over it. They're not told how to harden up. Their harden up is take on anyone that looks at you funny. Their harden up is see how many bottles of alcohol you can drink before you pass out. Their harden up is smoke as much dope as you can before you fall asleep. I left my family and I went into other placements with some quite nasty characters. Every day it was just a constant fear that you're at school and they'll be standing outside again with a rubbish bag taking you to not just a different house but a different part of the country. So we have about 5,000 children in New Zealand who live in the care of the state. Unfortunately, foster parents haven't been well supported either and so sometimes children are going into homes and being abused again, so there's kind of a re-traumatisation of children uh, which can lead to them running away from their homes or self-harming. If I can tell you, foster families will f*** you up. They'll act all nice when your parents come visit you, but when you go, they treat you like Caregivers and stuff would tell me to do something like, uh, it'll just be like, you can't tell me what to do. Most people that I've seen in foster care end up being so angry. There's so much built up anger that like the inside of them is such a void that is filled in with temporary feelings, temporary food, temporary homes, temporary rules, temporary clothes, all of temporary attitudes, all these things, all these people that you see, it's just like, it's just the tide like coming and going. You don't have, they don't have anything fixed. Now we'll go to UNICEF New Zealand's child rights advocate, Dr. Prudence Stone, who was discussing the film Sleeping Rough with the audience here at the Paramount. We apologize for any poor audio along the way. The things that stood out for me was 
when Ethel said, do anything, and you know, e anything helps when you see someone in need on the street. While we're, while us adults are constantly debating um, whether it's better to give our money to a charitable organisation than um, give our coins to a, a person actually asking for help on the street. While that debate is raining and taking up so much time, Ethel's message just really sort of hits home. Just do anything in that moment to just reach out and help. And um, something that Tapua really um, said also um, about that, 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 that sort of, he, he was suggesting that this is just a major reason why there's such a high uh, rate of uh, youth suicide in New Zealand. Um, among, amongst uh, the poorer, lower socioeconomic uh, youth in our society. Uh, so that's something that really hit home for me as well. But um, I'm just really keen to see whether anybody in this crowd wants to share what were the hit home messages for them. How, how did this movie make you guys feel? Is there anybody that wants to share the impact that this uh, movie has had on them? I'm just reinforcing that message you just said. I was listening to Judge John Walker the other day and I said to him, what's an action that everyone here could take away? And he said, to go with the youth, he, you know, he, he's in youth court all the time and these young people come into the court without family with them. Now they've burnt their bridges. We all know about these young people who burnt bridges, you know. And, and, and so people kind of think, oh, had enough. But he said the importance of just people being there. So it's reinforcing that message, I think, to just, sometimes it's a simple thing like going with a young person to court. It's letting them know that there are people out there that care. So, you know, mm. you don't know when the thing's going to come your way, but being open to doing something. Yeah, that, uh, and that's, that was another really great message that was um, talked about by Deborah Morris Travers about just the relationships that can make, um, that can really change um, a child's direction with, the, with the, you know, forming relationships might be the only thing that gets them from that rock bottom point. Um, remember when uh, one of the, uh, was it, what's his name, Lyric, <laughs> said, um, we're at rock bottom, bro. There's no, there's no, nowhere down worse than this. You know, the only way is up. And then for Deborah to say it's about relationships. This is what could possibly um, pull them up. Does anybody else want to share? I've got a question more than anything. Is there a reason why they've got to leave the foster system at 17? Like it seems if you're in school and you're in year 12, do you just move out of home? Well, it's it's currently uh, being changed. So our minister has recently announced that she's keen to make it extend state care to the age of 21. But the reason, um, that's, that's a really good question to ask. Why has it taken till 2016 for our government uh, to, to consider changing that law? When, it's, when, you, uni, uh, uh, when, when New Zealand has been a signatory nation to the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, and this is one of their rights un until the age of 18 at least. 
um, for government to be obliged to, to give them a healthy, home, healthy warm home, um, a standard of living, etc. Yeah, and, and so the Child Rights Committee in Geneva has been making that recommendation for 23 years, and it's 2016, and we're finally, we're finally having a government that considers extending that age. So, great question. But I can't answer it. Yeah. Well, basically, it's the um, our law has different eight, defines children at different ages and different acts, and that's one of the problems that um, the Children, Young People, and Their Families Act ends at 17, but the definition of an adult is 18, and the big change that Minister Tolly's currently making is to extend the age children children can stay in care depending on their needs, to a minimum of 18 and up to 21. Um, so then you, then you think about how harshly those children were describing their experiences in foster care and just increasing the age isn't the only thing that needs to change. So right now the government is debating whether to increase the youth justice age to 18 too. So at the moment a 17-year-old will go to an adult court whereas a youth court has a whole lot more levers and resources to try and get those young people into conversations that might switch that cycle for them. Mm. So yeah, that's one of the weird things about New Zealand is that we've never been consistent across all our different legislation about a definition of a child. Prudence, I think um, a couple of things that stuck out for me were um, the lady from New Plymouth said everything's temporary, you know, temporary yeah. relationships, yeah. temporary people coming in and out. Wasn't that fantastic and when and she that's said that? Everywhere for this situation, temporary housing, mm. uh, moving from one place to another. Um, right to even if oh, I think the families do have work, they're, um, uh, it's temporary work. They're waiting to get the, it's precarious work. Mm. See whether they're going to get caught up and um, have work and have an income. Families. And when that doesn't happen, obviously that creates stress. And the other thing that um, stuck out for me was um, impact of that is actually a lot of violence. And you know, right down to bullying in schools and, uh, uh, and how, how that is one of the manifestations of it. Um, and it, as you mentioned with um, Deborah and uh, Deborah Morris Travers, you mentioned filming relationships. I think um, adding on to what um, the lady from Taranaki said, um, stop and talk to people. Is there a way to connect and make a relationship? They might not be in the Well, yeah, I liked how in, in these movies, I'm not sure if anyone else noticed this, but um, it's a, one of the tides that Ethel was talking about for me was um, hearing how government systems are doing their best and working and have really touched and, 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 and helped lives, but then failed and uh, you know in the next instant and it's uh, and Ethel talking about you know very poetically the tides in and out in, in a young person's life and definitely the government systems where are you there you are <laughs> the government systems themselves like SIFs and um, Housing NZ and the courts and the police you know there were little little trinkets in there about how they've all helped but then in other instances how they've all failed too. So 
Yeah, it's a big question mark. I mean, is, is it a question of funding? Do they, does it need more funding or does it need better people in these, in these state agencies figuring out the policy? It's, um, for, for us advocates in the room, um, that's, a, that's a huge quandary for us, this, this story of success and failure. What were you going to say? Um, I was going to say that listening to those stories, something that struck me is that uh, those young men and women, they seem to have more support from their homeless community than they had anywhere else. More and support they, from their homeless community. You know, from their families, from, from organisations. I mean, some of it was potentially chosen, but what do you choose? You choose where you feel to a degree supported, comfortable, accepted, you know, and uh, that's that's where it is. And uh, in some ways, it's so they sad. Real resilience, I think, didn't they? That they showed a real strength in those relationships they had with their friends. Yeah, resilience is one of those catch words at the moment. Everyone's. Uh, but it really shone through in these movies, didn't it? Yeah. What do you think the hospitals would say? One of them, Paradise, I think it was, said, I don't like hospitals. It's the one thing I'm scared of. Now, who can show that video to our DHBs and um, get them to listen to that message from Paradise? Because I think that's quite a shared um, sentiment. That's not just Paradise who's talking. She's. What can we do without, you know, I don't have a lot of money to give. What can I do? What can we do? And how do we get more people talking about this? Because it just isn't talked about enough in the media and with the politicians. Um, with the recent uh, mayoral race, I couldn't find anything with any of them that where they really addressed it. Um, and to me, that's such an important part of the city. Mm -hmm. So how do we get it discussed more? What can we do? Mm -hmm. So, um, are you asking me? There's, I mean, in general. <laughs> well, we, um, I mean, this is why we've got a feedback form. This is why we've got you to RSVB through Invitefighter so that we've captured your email addresses. <laughs> um, but I think, I think also, just, just I want to take a moment to congratulate you for doing what Ethel asked already to, to because there's 50 or 60 of us in this room, and that's 50 or 60 coffee and muffins. You know, that's not just one person, but you know, the, you, you, you think about that collectively. If all of us are doing exactly what Ethel asks, and in that immediate moment, thinking about going away and buying a coffee or a muffin, and I know I'm with you. I, you know, I think to myself every day when I, I I've got a, a, a few people that I help on a, on a daily basis like that, and I think, oh God, am I really helping at all? But but to know that there are others doing that too is um, a huge difference. Um, I'll get to you in a second, but I, I know that there was a burning question there. Look, UNICEF is part of a collaboration called Every Child Counts, um, which organises um, during an election year um, a massive collaboration of community and non-government organisations called Tick for Kids. Look out for it and use it in your, um, in your tweets and in your social media with the hashtag tick for kids um, and that way we can keep uh, collectivising 
um, key messages around uh, advocating to the people, the candidates next year during election time, what are they going to be doing for children and their policies. So that then our collaboration, Tick for Kids, can tell the public, here's what every candidate's saying they're going to do for kids. Now vote for kids. Put, when you go into the voting booth and strike your, tick your boxes, make sure they're for the best kids' policies that you've heard about through us. So that's one way that um, UNICEF and our, and our stakeholders are um, collaborating to, to make, a, make a difference, to really push those um, MPs and candidates to, to think about children as they're making their promises at least for another lecture term. Prudence, can I just suggest that something that everybody can do is talk to the people in their families and their communities about um, your concerns and your experiences around um, children and homelessness. And certainly over the last eight years, citizens have really succeeded in making this an issue for other New Zealanders and for the government. And you know we're going into this next election with more concern about inequality in New Zealand and about outcomes for children than we've ever had before. So these films and we're sharing these films, that will be part of maintaining that concern. And so by you having conversations with your friends and family, that helps keep people being educated and conscious that this is something we want to change, and so don't underestimate that. Personally, I would be loath to say that um, muffins and coffee for people on the streets is, is even necessarily helping. Because, you know, the um, Housing First movement would say um, getting people into houses and then dealing with what the issues are is what we need to do. And um, you know, there's a lot of drug addiction that's supported by sitting on streets. So you'd want there are advocates who I know who would argue, you know, the last thing you should do is support people to support their drug habit on the street. So I, I just don't want there to be a, a feeling in this room that that's the thing you should do. I think you need to assess it for yourself and figure out at what level that your best contribution is. Um, so talking about um, you know the benefit of obviously housing over a coffee and muffin, <clears throat> we saw in the film that um, people as young as 15 are being handed a, a youth allowance to, to keep them going. Um, what sort of financial education do they get alongside that? Because if you hand it $200 or something to a 15-year-old a week and just expect them to go out and find mm. housing for themselves? Great question. Um, and I know we've got Budget Services NZ as part of Tick for Kids, uh, our, our collaboration, don't we, Lisa? Oh, I've, I've seen them on our list of stakeholders before. I, I sure hope we've still got them involved. But yeah, no, that, that is something that they're constantly advocating, Budget Services NZ. Um, because, yeah, that, that's a really critical question to ask. It's not just... Um, now, who was it? Nelson Mandela, I think, who said, or, or, or um, somebody as gigantuan said, you know, you feed one man, um, he lives for a day, you teach him how to, how to feed himself, and um, that, that whole village might survive and sustain. Something along those lines. I'm not ever very good at quoting famous people. 
But um, yeah, so budget services alongside the allowance is, um, is a great idea that we, we, we need to think about advocating effectively inside our key messages. But how is the infrastructure and the budget for a street worker in New Zealand? Street, uh, you mean sex work? No, 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 I mean social workers who are working in the streets with homeless kids or homeless people in general. Well, we, we've, got, we've got a bunch of non-government organisations and, um, and community uh, development organisations, some that might be given grant funding by our government, our, our Ministry of Social Development, some not, who are, uh, are, are putting the appeal out to the community to help fund them to do those services. So it's a little bit of, of both. Um, state-funded and community initiative, and uh, into that mix, and, and a really, um, really core part of that mix, are uh, iwi-based uh, community organisations. Um, loads of marais you might have heard, you might have read in our news, are um, filling the gaps where. Uh, where there are no government organisations or non-government organisations able or capable to, to, to serve everyone in need, um, iwi have stepped up. Uh, iwi meaning um, Maori tribes, indigenous, indigenous people in New Zealand. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a mix. I hope I've explained it succinctly for you. And there was someone over... Movies we're seeing tonight are um, uh, publicly available under Creative Commons, and mm. are they? Can we get to them through your website? Yes, not yet, but eth I think at this moment we're just in the midst of loading them up onto the Make My Fa Future Fair web website, which we're which we're in the midst of revamping so that we can um, launch again in, in the new year. Um, but then there's also the UniCFNZ YouTube channel, and the, and, and that'll be shared on our UNICEF Facebook page as well. So we'll definitely put the share out and we hope you're following all these social media platforms of ours so that you can then share on and share on. Um, and, you know, create the hashtags, you know. I mean, we'll start, we'll start monitoring on our tweet deck whatever you decide to hashtag so that we can just sort of see the discussion that's um, being generated by this. So that, you know, I want you to think when, when these do get shared by Film for Change and for, by UNICEF NZ, that you, that you have them in your kite of, of advocacy tools that you're sharing and discussing. Have you, haven't you seen Sleeping Rough yet? Oh, you've got to see it. Here, I'll, give you the, I'll send you the link. Um, you know, w w with the key people that you might be meeting on a daily basis, um, local government or, um, or um, sports heroes that you're getting an autograph from, <laughs> anything, you know, just sharing these and, and making every, and, and turning the next person to a champion just like you already are. Did anybody else have any sort of concluding comments to make? You know, we talk about the people who are doing things and the different organisations and NGOs and I wonder you know, there are these social the social media is used as a platform for this conversation. But is there a platform for those different organisations to communicate about what they're experiencing in the field and are they talking to each other? And is that 
you know, do you think that's happening much? Is, uh, is Jesse there? No, he's not. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I personally think not nearly enough. I mean, you know, as, as much as as much as we can uh, try to do collectively as we can, I think that the, 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 there is strength in numbers, and that's why Tick for Kids um, is such a huge collaboration. We work, I mean, it, uh, the, the, the downside, of course, is getting 40-odd um, organisations to agree on what the key message is going to be in the election year while we campaign together. Um, because every single one of us has got a story like Sleeping Rough to tell of, of their frontline service and what that what what they would say if they got to talk to um, government ministers. But some somehow you know it's really important to um, for these collaborations to exist. So I totally agree with you, and I would say not enough. And maybe I just give the floor to Lisa, the executive director of Every Child Counts. Yeah. With Tick for Kids, as Prudence said, um, Tick for Kids is a coalition of organisations, but it's also a coalition of individuals who are interested in advocating for better policies to improve child wellbeing, and it's going to be a big year going into the general election. So if you're keen to be involved, um, if you Google Tick for Kids and these contact details, get in touch, and we'll get in touch with you and talk about how you can get involved. A big part of the campaign for next year will be mobilising at a community level and making the change there, not just the activity at the national level. And it's all about um, people power, really. So um, if you're keen to be involved, it would be great to hear from you and we can just have a conversation. Look, I can go further than that because I'll be sending you all an email just to thank you for coming tonight and I can send the link for Tick for Kids for you all to join. Ramona, you were going to say something? No? I was just, just going to support what's just been said. That I, I think the last final thought should be for the youth workers and the social workers who work with the young people and the children. And um, often they're busy at, they're busy at the front, um, but are, are very hungry for the research, mm -hmm. for the legislation, for the updates of submission work. And um, like as you know, Prudence, um, it's very easy to be very um, focused on one goal, but getting a, a thousand people to agree. And I think I think the leadership needs to be at the forefront. Mm. So I just really thank you for tonight. It's, it's great, great start. Thank you. Mm, yeah, and so the, and that's a really nice tie-in to um, your feedback. So please, you know, if uh, if. Uh, if UNICEF has a, an advocacy team of Andre and myself and, and, and two more, not to mention a fabulous comms team creating uh, collaborations like this to um, make tools like this, and a great spokesperson, executive director as well. Look, if we can provide leadership, it really relies on your feedback, so please make sure that you uh, tell us in those feedback forms what are the best resources for you um, to become champions? What, how, how can we serve you to um, up your leadership and, and, and advocate for these children that you've been watching tonight? Thank you so much for coming, everybody. I'd, I'd like to give one more round of applause to everyone who's taken part in making these movies. <laughs> what a way to start the Christmas season. <laughs> 
Um, but a great way, a really grounding way to start the Christmas season. Uh, so, so spare a thought over these festive times and um, look forward to being in touch with every one of you soon. That's all the time we have for today's show, but I'm hoping anyone out there who is listening feels activated by that discussion. And I'm keen to learn how to make this a better, more engaging experience, so it would be wonderful to hear from you. Uh, you can contact me at nick at unicef.org.nz or you could just go to our site at unicef.org.nz if you want to learn more about UNICEF's child rights advocacy in New Zealand. And we'll be back next month, but until then, thank you for your time. You've been listening to For Every Child. For Every Child, brought to you by UNICEF New Zealand.